on today's expert process podcast do you know six in ten businesses will fail within the first five years first five years or 43 percent of americans need a side hustle just to make ends meet just to make ends meet or that it takes ten thousand hours to master any subject any subject Welcome to the Expert Process Podcast, where we cut the time to mastery in half with our seasoned pros. And now, from Atlanta, Georgia, broadcasting worldwide, worldwide. here's your resident expert, Durante Smith. Okay, guys, as you know, occasionally I like to mix it up and do something different with the show, especially when the situation warrants it. Now, as we continue to navigate the fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic, I thought it would be interesting to talk in detail to someone whose entire family became infected by the virus and survived. This is a story of inspiration, a message of hope that I believe can help each and every one of us in managing our anxieties around the crisis and finding some calm. On that, this is a stripped down interview, no frills, no ads, just plain talk. So, welcome back to the show, Barry Victor Piacente. Uh, you, share brother. with us, you know, if you will, tell us what it's been like, man. You know, first off, how did you contract the disease? Secondly, what was that like when you have little ones? I mean, I've got a seven-year-old and you have four additional little ones. And you know, what's that been like, man? Well, thanks, brother, for having me back on. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, it, we don't know where, where we got it from because we had not been exposed to anybody who was diagnosed positive with mm-hmm. it. So you don't, I mean, who knows, you know? My wife started feeling bad. She, she gets bronchitis real easily. So okay. after a few days of saying, honey, you, you got to go to the doctor. We don't want this, you know, to turn into full, you know, because the progression with bronchitis is it gets to bronchitis and then it can get the pneumonia. Right. Which, right. you know, that, that, then you're in the hospital. It's serious stuff. So I said, let's go. Let's get, get yourself checked out. And so they tested her for COVID-19 because of the symptoms. Okay. Um, we fully expected it just to be the bronchitis thing and her usual antibiotics and steroids. So that's what they put her on. And then uh, it took about three days and we got the test results back and she tested positive. So, you know, we, we were all already quarantined anyway. Mm. Uh, and then just prior to her getting the test results, I started feeling bad and went, uh Oh, <laughs> mm. and, um, and so I'll walk you through the progression of, of how I felt. Okay? okay. Now, part of my effort in this whole thing is to, to bring some personal experience and maybe some truth to, to bear on what you're hearing and, and the messages that are being you know, given to us by media and et cetera. Or perspective. Uh, for perspective purposes. Yes. I don't want to get you know, in a fight with anybody. You know. yeah. it, it's just about perspective. Okay, so I'm going to juxtapose this over the top of the flu that I had a couple of years ago. Okay. Okay. I want to describe it that way. So you can just, you know, we'll kind of try to do an apples to apples comparison. Okay. So flu, a couple of years ago, I started feeling bad, started getting a temperature and it put me in the bed. 
I couldn't get out of bed. It took all I had to muster up to get in the car. I was like a poor little baby trying to get in the car, you know, <laughs> and, and drive to the doctor's office. I didn't even go to my primary care. I went to the closest doc in the box, you know, emergency care place that I could find because mm. I was feeling so horrible. And they swabbed me and you know, they came back. Yep, you got the flu. So we did the whole thing, you know. And I went back in three days. I was in the bed. I did not get out of the bed for three days. Mm-hmm. My temperature was like 102, 103, you know, managed it with ibuprofen. Okay. So achy, just horrible, man. Just oh, yeah. horrible. Took yeah. seven to 10 days to really get back. Okay. So fast forward to a few weeks ago and I started feeling a little bit of that coming on. Okay. And I started taking my temperature. And I had a low-grade fever, about 99. Now, for me, my body temperature is usually, it's lower. My body temperature is like 97.6 most of the time. So I have a little bit lower body temperature than most people. Um, So for me, it was a a little bit of a fever, okay? It never got above 100.3. That was the highest my fever got. But I started feeling achy. And for me, the biggest thing was it just zapped all my energy. Mm. You know, I was still working. I was do. I have a recording studio. I was still even doing voiceovers. So it wasn't like this big thing that landed in my throat or my chest where I couldn't talk or anything, or, uh, you know, I wasn't really coughing a lot or anything like that. Just my lungs hurt. They were tight and I felt really lethargic. Mm. And then I started getting, um, stomach aches, not like I'm going to throw up any kind of stomach stuff like that. Just my stomach just hurt. You know, that lasted for like three days. Um, so I, I want, you know, in this it's effort to present a perspective, you know, I, everybody's different. I understand that. I, that's why I don't want to argue with, with anybody. I, w- I want you guys to know the experience that my family had. Now, for my wife, she lost her taste and sense of taste and smell for about a week. It was just like gone out the window. Mm. The kids, for the kids, it was more coughing and stuff, but, the, but they never really had any outrageous temperature either. I think the, the one, my daughter, uh, 101 okay. one day, and that was it, you know, all manageable. Never got any medication uh, other than over the counter. Never obviously had to go to the hospital. Um, so you guys weren't hospitalized then? No, not at all. And matter of fact, my wife was the only one that got tested. Okay. They wouldn't test the rest of us because, I mean, she had it and we're, I live with her. I sleep next to her. You know? So I, yeah. you know, I was going to get it if I'm going to get it. Um, so there really wasn't any reason. And, and everybody pretty much developed symptoms. So we knew. Yeah. So not a big deal. Now, here's an interesting thing. Okay. And again, this is for perspective. When they talk about this virus as being highly, highly contagious, like, like nothing we've ever seen before or is the verbiage I've heard. Okay. We had a Chinese exchange student staying with us. Okay. He eats with us. We play games together. We're around each other all the time. Mm. Now, when I found out that my wife was tested positive, I had to provide disclosure to the agency that my wife tested positive. Oh, this is, this is during this time. The exchange. Yeah. There yeah. He's time. there. He's oh, with wow. us, you know? Okay. okay. And so they, they had to tell his mom and his mom wanted immediately back in Shanghai. 
but it ended up, we got his test results and he tested negative. Mm. Now, this is a guy that was with us during this whole thing, you mm. know, eating the food my wife prepared. We sit at the table together and eat and, you know, he's living. So, and then we have a good friend. I'm not going to tell you his name, but he's a prominent guy, a politician, and he contracted COVID-19 and his wife tested negative, mm. you know? So, I'm just going to leave that out there for what it is. Okay. You could, people can make up their own minds, but I'm just adding this for perspective. So maybe you get a little bit different look at it than what we're being told. Okay. Sure. Um, That's interesting. I mean, that that is very interesting. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Well, it does make you think. And, and even if we, again, I want to get political, but you can go, to the CDC website, you can read all. I've done it. I've done. I did so much research because I want to be informed. Sure. And you can get the numbers. You can get the numbers about the flu, right? And about this. And I think people would be shocked if they knew that that more people have died this flu season from the flu than from COVID nineteen. Yeah, you know, I think they'd be shocked. And if they saw the worldwide flu numbers, I think they'd be really shocked at the yeah. amount of people that die every year from the flu in, in the world. It's, it is a huge number. Anyway, just saying that because we get a persistent message of fear that creates anxiety. I mean, suicides are up all over the world. It's horrible, you know, and I want to provide a different perspective. And, And so, so we came, this idea was given to me. I don't know if you guys can see this, but it says COVID 19 survivor. Yeah. And then it says share hope. And at the bottom, it's contagious. Folks, what he's talking about is he started a, I guess it's starting it right now on Instagram, right? But it's essentially going to be a website and it's going to be a movement that you're putting together where it basically is sharing hope and sharing love is what basically what I got out of it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it is. It is about love. It's about selflessness and it's about a message of hope instead of a message of fear. Mm. And I think that on a regular basis, I mean, you know, guys, I don't even listen to the radio anymore, the news, because it, it's so depressing. There it is. Yeah. So this is a COVID-19 survivor. Share hope. It's contagious. Okay. I love that's, it. That's our logo. And so the idea is that so many times in the course of just living out our lives, you know, things may frustrate us. Okay. Yeah. Again, I don't want to get political. I don't, I don't care what political party you're part of. That is not the discussion for today, but things frustrate us, you know, yeah. and we can feel very removed from the process and be able to make any kind of change at all. And so I've felt that way. It's like, what can I do? You know, I can't fight the major news media. I can't fight top government officials, but the thing I want to say is that we all have a brain, okay? We've been so conditioned just to take what we hear on TV and, first of all, believe it as being true and actually change our lives by what somebody said on TV without mm-hmm. researching it, without knowing any of the facts, without even knowing the person. We put our trust in these people we don't even know. You know, we just know them from seeing their face. We don't know their lives. We don't know what their belief systems are. We don't know what their convictions are. We don't know how, what kind of people they are in real life. We don't know. 
yet we put so much stock in them and we'll actually alter our lives based on that. And, and I thought, you know, I'm a thinking human being. I can look at things logically and that's what I want to do. I want to look at things and approach the world logically and sensibly. Okay. And so my family's going through this and it's like, I'm not experiencing what they're saying. You know, right. I'm not dying. Nobody in my family's dying. Now I look, the caveat is I know there are people out there that have pre-existing conditions or compromised immune systems are more at risk. I get that. But for most people who aren't and don't, you know, this is what we well, experience. let me interject this. And again, I don't know your family. I only know about you and whatnot. And seeing you, you look like a pretty healthy guy. You know, I assume that you, you keep yourself fit and work out, that kind of thing. You said your wife is a cook. So then my guess then is perhaps she is a relatively healthy cook. She watches what you guys eat. Yep. So for perspective, would you say that your family is pretty healthy? Are your children pretty active? Are they pretty fit? Are they pretty toned? Are you, is your wife, is she relatively fit? I mean, those things make a difference. So yeah, you say th- that they, they do. Yeah, we're, we're in good shape. We eat pretty well. And, and again, I don't want to get really into the weeds on it. Um, all I want to say is that um, here's my main message is this. Whereas through the news media, politicians, we constantly are fed this messages of fear right and panic right and anxiety filled messages so i realized okay well i may not have a voice on a major news network but i can do my little part and i can instead of a message of fear i can right. present a message of hope and yes highlight yeah. on the not on how many people are dying how many people are getting sick those are important they impact families but what if we focused on the good stuff instead? Look, yes, if you're yes. going to get it, you're going to get it. Yeah. And I, I would even say, you know, some people are going to die. They're just going to die. They are going to die. People die every day from all yeah. kinds of stuff, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I read an article the other day, like 7,500 people a day die in our country from mm-hmm. various things, you know? Yeah, sure. People are going to die, you know? And yeah. it's horrible. It's horrible. That's not my point. My point is, let's focus on the living. Let's focus focus on life. Let's focus on hope. And that's why, just as as we've seen, bad news, fear is contagious, man. It spreads like wild. Panic spreads like wildfire. Yeah. Always. But you know what? So is hope. Yeah. So is love. So are positive things. Yeah. They take a little while longer to spread, but they will. And I think. That's what we need to be doing. Yeah, you're sowing seeds. The reason, yes. why, the reason why I bring that up about the average family being healthy or whatever is because there are so many people out there who aren't in that category of risk, the high risk category, right? Yeah. And they're panicking and it's like, well, you know what, man, <laughs> you, you're, but you're pretty healthy. You know, your family's pretty healthy. Is this odds of you catching it, even if you catch it, the odds of it really taking you down are not that high. So that was kind of my thing is like, yeah, I mean, yes. should you be concerned? Sure, you should be concerned. Everybody should be concerned. But then again, the flip side to it is we all still have to have life. You still have your right. life still has to function, you know? Right. So you try to just shut down and, and not work. And that's not realistic, man. No, it's not. And, you know, the thing is, well, this is not like the flu. Well, you know, if you go on the CDC website, I mean, you can get a, I've got in the, in the, in the logo, you can see the O's. Mm-hmm. That's the virus. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, 
that they're little spikes. They look like crowns. That's where it gets its Corona, the name Corona, which means crown. Um, so they know kind of what it is, but there's very little known about anything else. So, you know, it acts like the flu because I've had both of them. You know, I know what it feels like, you know, mm -hmm. it's like having the flu. So I think part of that fear message is that it's not like anything else. Well, I did some reading. They said the same thing about H1N1 way back, the swine flu and all that. Yeah. So again, I don't want to get in an argument with everybody. That's not my point. I just want to focus on, uh, first of all, you see me. Yeah. I've had COVID-19. I'm so, on the so other let's, side. Let's, I'm let's alive. Speak to that. How, when, <laughs> when did you get it? When did you contract it? How long was this? Two weeks it's, ago? A week ago? Three it, weeks ago? It's been about two and a half weeks. Okay. It was three days, three or four days of feeling pretty crummy. Okay. And then... What is crummy? Is that not being able to get out of bed? Is that... What is that? Crummy is feeling very weak. Okay. Still able to get up and, and do... I was still working in my studio and doing stuff. For my wife, it developed into real achy body joints mm. because she's susceptible to kind of bronchitis, mm. a lot of coughing for her, to where it actually created bronchial spasms. And mm. she had to get some steroids to, to calm all that down. But okay. she didn't need a ventilator? No. Oh, no, not at all. Not even close. Okay. Matter of fact, we bought a pulse ox meter just to make sure. And at the height of this in me, I think my pulse ox was just below 97. I don't know what that you is. Know? What is that? Well, it's, it's the amount of oxygen in your blood. Oh, okay. Which will be a determiner of what your lung function is like. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So. So for me, my pulse ox is usually about 98. So it was a little bit, a little bit lower than what it normally is. And for her, the same thing. So mm. there was no real fibrosis in the lungs, you know, in any kind of that. Um, now it wasn't fun. <laughs> right, and, right. and, and, and I'll right. say this, right. Flu, COVID-19, yeah. stomach, vi whatever. I yeah. don't like to be sick, brother. <laughs> right. And I don't want anybody else to get sick either. It's not right. fun, okay? Right. right. But, you know, it is... It's manageable. It's manageable. And I look at it this way. We're done. I mean, we're immune to it now, you know? Mm. We've got the antibodies. As a matter of fact, I've been thinking about going and, and donating my blood so that they can use my plasma to make the antibodies. Sure. But now, what to, about the kids? Kids are great. Kids never really missed a lick. They, okay. you know, it was you know, walking around the house, barking like dogs, you know, <laughs> you know, coughing, but it never, uh, none of them ever like stayed in the bed. Mm. Um, it, they just kind of went about their business. Everybody's okay. To get back to your, what you say is your usual self. What was that? Is that about two weeks, about two week turnaround? So I spent a lot of time on the phone with the COVID-19 nurse, my primary health care. I go through Emory and a fortunate, you know, great hospital system. And, but I, we talked a lot. And okay. so basically, and this is what's so weird about, you know, any definitive numbers and all this stuff, it's just kind of a joke. And, and I, I mean that respectfully, but you can't say anything definitive about this because here we are a family of six, only one of us has been tested. There are no records of the other five of us having it and not being tested. Oh. So we're not in any number. Wow. You know? yeah. and there's a lot yeah. of families that are going to be like that. So you yeah. can't possibly, unless everybody has been tested, unless everybody has been tracked, 
Mm-hmm. You can't have accurate numbers. Anyway, so I don't want to get my soapbox on that. But anyway, <laughs> it's like she she said that it's a two to 14 day. That's a wide window. Yeah, it is. Um, gestation period. And then once you exhibit symptoms, it's seven to 14 days and then you're no longer. She said seven. Other doctors, to be fair, say 14 to be ultra, 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 ultra safe, you know. Mm. But then you're not contagious anymore. So where I'm out like two and a half weeks and, uh, you know, obviously I don't have any symptoms anymore or anything. And so we're, we're good. But um, and see, this is what everybody starts needs to start thinking about, too. OK. We have been quarantined for over two weeks now. If anybody had the virus, you know, because the other thing is, you know, you could be a carrier and, and be asymptomatic, you know. Right. Well, that could be anything, anytime. You know, we're all carrying around something in our bodies and are asymptomatic all the time, you know. Mm. And the thing is, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me is that, well, if the window's two to 14 days and you've been quarantined for over 14 days, if you had it and were asymptomatic, it's going to become symptomatic within that 14 days or you're not going to get it. So, Either way, it does after the 14 days, you know, you don't have it and you're good, you know, and yet we're still quarantined and stuff. And again, I don't want to argue with people about all that stuff. I'm just telling you from my perspective and my thoughts and trying to be a logical human being. But the bigger issue in all this is it is not a death sentence. I'm living proof to tell you it is not a death sentence. Mm. It's been through six people here. It, none of us got anywhere close to death's door. Nobody was even hospitalized. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not a death sentence. So put that fear away from you. Mm. You know, don't let it come near you. It's not true. And let's try to shift our focus from worry to the good things that are that are happening. So we've had neighbors show up at our house. You know, they're putting food on it. They're not, it's they're, they're doing knock and runs not the bad knock and runs the good knock and runs you know? yeah i was gonna say earlier when we were talking um you know before the show you were talking about the kindness of people and that seems to be the story that needs you know more attention more focus you know because yes we are in a, a self-serving society you know where it's like far too often we and i think maybe it's the internet maybe it's social media i don't know but you know, far too often we place too much value on us, Yes. you know, on our own individual selves and not necessarily giving back. You know, there just doesn't seem to be that, you know, appreciation for neighbors anymore. But when you tell me about the story about how your neighbors were trying to at least look out for you guys and bring you food and stuff like that, even during your down moment. See, that to me was a message of inspiration. That's a message of hope. And I think that's where you're going with this is that you want to give that message of inspiration to these folks. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I want to hear the good story. I, you know, I can start with, with us, you know. I mean, we had neighbors uh, and friends going, give us a grocery list. We had one friend who went to like five or six different stores just to find toilet paper, you know. Wow, Spent yeah. like three hours driving around, and she came with a big, you know, bunch of toilet paper for us, you know. And it's like, I mean, who does that? I mean, but yeah. that's you know, during this time, you know, that's the stuff that we want to focus on. We want to focus, first of all, the thing is, man, when you're in a situation like this, you got to be willing to ask people, set aside your pride, man. 
and just say, yeah, we could use some help, you know, yeah. and let people be that for you. Sure. But don't stop there. You know, when you, when it's your turn, when you're, right. when you're good, you right. go out and you pay it forward. Yeah. Too. Pay it forward. You, yep. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you how that happened is for us, um, our, our neighbors live right next to us, you know, and Jonathan is a nurse at Emory. Okay. So he's up in it. Mm. You know, they got four young babies. I mean, like one to like five. Oh, wow. Six, you know, uh, uh, I mean, uh, that's not true. It's like a little bit further spread, like one to eight. Okay. Uh, but they're babies, man. Yeah, you so know? young. Yeah. yeah. So they weren't leaving the house. You know, Jonathan comes home every day from work and he just, he's, you know, he disinfects everything. He puts his clothes right in the laundry, you know, and, sure. and, and I was headed out, this is before I got sick. I, I was headed out to, uh, to Publix. I just sent her a text. I said, Hey, um, I'm going out to Publix. Do you guys need anything? Mm. And she said, Oh my gosh, that day that I contacted her was her, um, her middle kid's birthday. Mm. And they were planning on going camping and doing this big thing, but they couldn't go because they were self-quarantining. Mm. So, so I said, look, we're going to have a birthday party. What do you want? I went out and I bought all the fixings for s'mores because that was going to be the big things. The marshmallows, mm. chocolate, the graham crackers. Mm. I got them. They wanted cake. So I got batter for the cake and the frostings for the cake. And I'll be, you know, this big old basket full of birthday kind of stuff. I wanted to do that for my neighbors, you know, because this is important. They were going to miss it, you know? Right, right. And so we did. And they were blown away by that, that we would do that for them. But that's what you do during these times. That's how you act, you know, move out of yourself. You know, like you said, stop focusing on yourself. But we had that happen to us. I mean, we had to tell people, stop bringing food. We, we don't have anywhere to put it, you know? It was that It was that people were that generous. Look, people weren't just going to Bojangles and ordering some chicken, man. Yeah. I mean, it, these meals, man, were thought well thought out and wow. planned. We got charcuterie they bring in and salads and then the main course and huh. these desserts. And wow. I'm gluten-free and, and the, you know, all this gluten-free stuff and, <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful. And then the phone calls and the cards we received in the mail, Mm. people checking on us, really concerned, praying for us. Mm. Uh, You know, I mean, it's just, it was unbelievable. And that's what I want to focus on. And I want to focus on, you know, the the people that are, are put in positions where you know, they have to be away from their families and they're not complaining about it, man. Mm. They're doing their jobs and they're, and, and they're not complaining. They understand that it's about serving others and they're happy to do it. And I love that, man. It's a great way to live your life and it can't help but move you out of, there's nothing worse than living in fear and panic, man. There's nothing, that is no life, right? Right. I mean, it's no life. But living a life filled with faith and hope and love and, you know, being compassionate concerned for others needs more than your own, you yeah. know, considering other people more important than yourself. Imagine if in Atlanta traffic, people considered other people more important than, than their own need to get somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Now, wouldn't that change yeah. life in Atlanta? <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> it's brutal out there, brother. Brutal. Brutal. Oh, man. Um, anyway, so it was put on my heart to do this. You know, we're officially going to launch uh, next week. And 
I'm having some t-shirts made. This is all coming out of my pocket. Look, man, I'm not rich. You mm. know, I'm a full-time actor, man. I've had mm. where I'm used to like six to 10 auditions a week. I've had three in three weeks, you right. know, um, right. and there's no work going to be happening. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I may have auditions. I may book something, but I'm not going to be working forever. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it's a, you know, I also teach, I'm a musician. I teach and, you know, our lessons have been cut by two thirds and, um, yeah. it's hard for us, but I feel so strongly about this that I'm just going to do it. I'm going to, you know, take the money, get the shirts and, and every shirt that somebody buys. And, and we'll do this through Facebook and Instagram primarily. Those will be the, the sites where you can, you can purchase t-shirts. And then, uh, you know, if you buy a shirt, I'm going to donate a shirt. Mm. So for every shirt that somebody purchases, I'm going to donate a shirt to a, a first responder, a healthcare worker, or somebody I know that's sick, or somebody that I know is a survivor. And what that means is somebody that is not letting this destroy them. Sure. Even though they may lose everything financially, they're going through it with a positive attitude. Those are the people I'm looking for. And so then what we want is we want people to go on the Instagram page and post stuff. Share your stories. Yeah, share your stories with I don't want any negativity, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting a video about this tomorrow. That'll be the promo video when you first go to the pages. And I said, I don't want any negativity, none. I don't want to hear it, man. The bad things happen. Yes, they do. But I want to hear about the good stuff. I want to hear about the positive stuff so we can focus on that. So essentially what you're saying is first and foremost, this is apolitical, right? So yeah. if there is no political affiliation, you don't want politics. Zero. Right. That's the first thing. Right. Second thing is you want stories of inspiration. You want stories of motivation, stories of empowerment and stories that are positive to uplift people that need to hear that. Because not everyone is rah-rah or needs, you know, the cheerleading and all. So not everyone needs that. And and frankly, a lot of people thrive off misery. But for the other 50 percent of us or so <laughs> that can appreciate the counterbalance to all of the negative that we're getting in the news right now. That to me is what it sounds like you're going after. Yes. You know, there's some news stations and some news channels and stuff like that. They do offer some, they try to offer some kind of balancing perspective, but it's yeah. not much. It's not enough. Yeah. Well, what I think is let's look at our neighbors. Let's yeah. look at the people down the street. Let's yeah. look at the, you know, friends and let's focus on them. You know, we can have an impact on our circle that's right around us. Oh, most, you know, we can start by being positive with our own families. I want my kids to see me being strong through this and having as good an attitude as I could, because that's life, man. Bad stuff happens, you know, and it's your choice how you're going to respond to it. You know, if you're going to be depressed and, and, and I mean, like everybody gets that way, but I'm saying as a general rule, how you live your life, you know, it's your choice, you know, how you're going to respond to something. And I choose to respond with hope. I choose to respond with positivity. And I think we need more of that in our, our world. And, you know, the thing is, man, it's easy to be ticked off, angry at everybody and depressed. Yeah. It's hard to pick yourself up out of that and choose a different mindset. You know, yeah. there's a great scripture in Proverbs that says, as a man thinks, So is he. 
There are a lot of books, self-help books that have been written on that scripture right yeah. there. You yeah, know? no, seriously, yeah. But it's true. So it matters what you think. It ma- Your perspective, ma- your attitude matters. So let's go for something more positive. And let's look for, you know, if you look for the good stuff, it's out there. Mm-hmm. You can find it. Allow it to inspire you. Allow it to lift you up. Allow it to be an encouragement to you. And be that for somebody else, you know, really be that. Take the time to to be that for somebody else. And Mm. I think we'll feel better. You'll feel better personally. Other people feel better. And, you know, maybe we can turn this this thing around quickly. Uh, But we're going to try. We'll see what happens. I don't have any idea. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, it could could take off. And it's not about me getting any notoriety because I don't care. Not even that much. I, Mm. I don't. I don't care. I promise you, I don't care. Uh, I just want this message of hope. Like we said in, in, in the logo, it's, it's contagious. Mm. You know, of course it's a play on words and a play on a virus being contagious, but I want hope is contagious, man. And, and we can pass it on to one another. So in, in a time of social distancing, uh, quarantining and all that, we can still pass on. We can still be contagious to one another, and it'd be a good thing. Yes. That contagion can be hope. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, there it is, man. I think that is a wonderful message, Barry. Um, I think you guys have put together something that I'm hoping that can reach people, that can inspire people, that can combat a lot of this that we're getting on a daily basis that really has a lot of folks down and it can you know, maybe change some mindsets and perhaps yeah. maybe, you know, help folks to get through this time and be more constructive with the time that they have versus, you know, allowing themselves to become, you know, self-destructive, if you will. Amen. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. And, um, this has been good. You know, everybody, man, stay positive. Folks, uh, I want you guys to do this for me. Um, wh- whatever my listener base is. Now, it varies from show to show, week to week. But I want you guys to go and check out Barry at sharehope.us. That's on Instagram, IG, sharehope.us. That will also be the website once he launches it as well. Um, yep. We are trying to create a movement, a positive yes, movement of inspiration and kindness and giving back and paying it forward and all those good things. And we want to inspire you guys. And Barry, thank you so much for coming on the show. God bless you and your family, man. You guys continue to be well, okay? All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. For only the best show notes, links, classes, and more, go to theexpertprocess.com or follow us on Facebook at The Expert Process or hit us up on Instagram at The Expert Process. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share.